Hi everybody! Welcome to Tara and Andrew vs. the Scarecrow video movie guide. I'm Tara. I'm Andrew. This is the 14th in our 3726 part series where we pick a film at random from the Scarecrow video movie guide, watch it, and tell you what we think and whatever interesting info we were able to find. So we've got two rules. First is that it has to be a movie that we have not seen already. Uh, and we have no vetoes as long as it's a movie that we haven't seen. And then the second is that the movie has to be less than four hours in length. So uh, we should also just mention that this podcast is not sanctioned or uh, even acknowledged by Scarecrow Video. So any, any of the thoughts and opinions that we express here are our faults. We're, we're to blame, nobody else. And if you hear clanging in the background, it's because we've added a percussion section to the podcast, so that's that's for you. Yeah, so, it, but it's like a not very rhythmic one. No, it, 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 it's, it's kind of more like a free wheeling, like free form. We thought it'd be fun, and not not at all distracting. Um, no, there's some jackass that's hammering in our apartment somewhere. Anyway, so last week we watched. The, not even scar, the scars, just scars of Dracula. Just right? scars. It was, yeah. Uh, ironically, it's a Hammer horror movie. So <laughs> oh, oh, I'll see boy. myself out. Well, this is welcome to Tara uh, versus the Scarecrow video movie guide. I'm Tara. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm leaving. Leaving forever. I don't, I don't know what that voice is that you're hearing leaving because. Wow, that was really rude. That was so rude. Whoever did that, like, I'm so glad that I don't record this podcast with somebody. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, hello. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Bandrew. And... Well, welcome to Tara and Bandrew. <laughs> versus the Scarecrow. Scare wait, is, is it versus the Scarecrow? I've never done this before, so I'm not familiar with the... Uh, yeah, I don't the, know why you were we're just, like, doing a podcast. Anything. I just, it was my intuition. That's yeah. Why. Several digressions aside, Scars of Dracula, not a great movie. Definitely not the greatest horror film that Hammer ever produced, but it had some aspects that I thought were somewhat endearing. Yeah, I think um, at the start I was like, oh, this is, you know, like you had mentioned, they're kind of enjoyable in a dumb, campy sort of way, and then it kept going for another 85 minutes after that, and it was like, oh, okay, the, yeah. like, we're at it that welcome after a little while. But again, let me just say that DVD menu, mwah. Yeah. So uh, today is Halloween, as you probably already know. Throughout this month, we have been choosing our movies from a specific chapter in the book, the Psychotronic section, which covers horror and fantasy, science fiction, things like that. This episode, we're going to do that as well, since it's the, the last one that's going to come out in October. And it is my turn to pick. Please close your eyes. Then I'll... Okay. Say that you should stop. So we're watching Darkness Falls. Yeah, man. You know about it? It sounds from 2003. Familiar, yeah. So good news is it's only 85 minute long movie. So even if it's terrible, it's not very long. Uh, Directed by Jonathan Liebsman. Here we go. Here's here's how Scarecrow describes Darkness Falls. Darkness Falls: Colon Terrible. Yes. Okay. There we go. All right. That, there we that, go. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> no, it, it continues on. Redeeming qualities, very, very few. 
An excellent first two minutes give you all the wrong ideas. Okay. And just when you are starting to get excited, everything collapses. Only three minutes into the movie. Great. The original concept, though ridiculous, was purportedly very well developed in the original script. However, after the film was shot, the director decided to change the story completely, cutting most of Stan Winston's wonderfully designed monster, editing the film down to PG-13, and releasing it as an undecipherable mess. The numerous plot holes are too confusing to merit consideration. To the inane tagline of, runs rings around the ring, okay. <laughs> I offer the more appropriate, darkness falls should fall into darkness, and damn if it doesn't. Oh, great. Great. Woo! Uh, happy Woo! Halloween. Happy Halloween. Darkness falls upon it, this podcast. It's, it's, maybe yeah. this is going to be the movie that kills us. Yeah. <laughs> God, well, at least we have those first two minutes to look forward to. That's, We've got a real good two minutes to yeah. look forward to. And then 83 not good minutes. Yeah. Well, surely some of that has to be credits, right? So maybe yeah. like 78 minutes of... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's not bad. 78 that's, bad minutes. Yeah. It's interesting that I mentioned uh, The Ring, because I was thinking when you said that it was edited down to be PG-13, I'm like, there's only, like, one good PG-13 horror movie, in recent memory, at least, that I can think of, and that's the American version of The Ring. So, yeah, for them to make that reference. What are we going to do? Sounds like we're in for a real trick and not a treat. Sorry, Tara. Sorry that Andrew had to let us all down. I mean, I mean, Bandrew. Yeah. That, that Bandrew. Oh, uh, if only Andrew were here. If only here, Andrew were here. picked a much better movie. We are going to watch Darkness Falls, I guess. We'll be back after this musical interlude, and let's see if we have lost our will to live. So we're back. We're back! Yay! <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Uh, boy! Oh boy! Falls. So, shall we get into? Let's just uh, let's do the rating. Let's just get yeah. that out of the way right up front here. Uh, so, as always, the scale goes from don't watch, maybe don't watch, uh, maybe watch, and then don't not watch. On the count of three. Wait, do you, you've, you've got a rating uh, in mind, I know, already. What could our rating possibly be? I think I've got an idea. Okay. One, two, three. Don't, don't watch. watch. Fuck. Oh my god. Everybody, uh, don't watch this movie. Do not watch Darkness Falls. It's, or if you're tempted, do like what Andrew uh, happened upon when we were watching the end credits and... Speed it up to at least one and a half times normal speed. And then you can save yourself some extra time. Yeah. And still have seen the movie. Shoot about 15 minutes off the yeah. movie. So you could knock this out in like an hour. A little yeah. over an hour. That done. still is not advisable. But... There are so many better ways you can spend an hour. So I have a qualm with the guide. Claiming that the first two minutes of the movie are decent and set up a good premise. But... I was rolling my eyes, I think, in, like, the first 15 seconds. Yeah, it, if that constitutes a promising first few minutes, then 
Oh boy. Oh, uh, yeah, immediately. I had to remind Sarah that that's what the guide had said to him. I like, had forgotten because I was, and I was so shocked. Like, yeah. they said this was the good part. This, this was the good part. This was the good part. Yeah. For real? Uh, yeah, so the movie opens up with this backstory. I don't know, like, what's her name? Song? Matilda. 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 Fucking, even that just irritates me. <laughs> like, nothing yes. is not going to irritate me about this movie. This podcast is going to be about three hours long because we have a lot of complaining to do. Um, so the, they talked about how in the past she had... Children loved her. She was a person in a town where whenever the kids lost a tooth, they would go to her and she'd give them a gold coin. For your dead body parts. For your Here, dead body have, parts. Have a shiny gold balloon or whatever the currency was back then. So <sighs> she was born in a horrible fire. And so she wore this stupid porcelain mask to hide her horribly disfigured face. So these two children go missing. The townspeople grab her and, like, they rip off her porcelain mask, exposing her disfigured, scarred face to the light, which pisses her off. So she places a curse upon the town. Once a child loses its last baby tooth, she just comes and kills him. Like, that's her curse. That's the good two minutes of the movie. And I guess in retrospect, it is a good couple of minutes of the movie in comparison to the 80-ish minutes that follow it. So after we get this introduction to Matilda, we see a young boy, like, at the sink, he's lost a baby tooth. So his mom tucks him into bed as they're doing their, like, nighttime routine. She asks him about, like, the upcoming dance. Like, oh, so you're going to ask a girl to the dance, huh? Which is already super weird because the kid is... Still losing baby teeth, and he's getting tucked in, but he's going to a dance. So the kid's tucked in, mom turns off the light, shuts the door, and then dun, 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 a girl shows up at the window. That's like the first attempt at a jump scare in the movie. So it lets the girl in, and it turns out, oh, surprise, it's the girl he wanted to ask to the dance. And so they talk about it. And there's this horribly awkward conversation where he's like, so there's a dance coming up. Um, you know, it's a dance for boys and girls. And the thing about this dance is boys ask the girls to it. Want to go to the dance? And she's like, yeah, okay. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go sing with the choir now. (laughs) Do you want to come? And he's like, no, I got to get up early. What choir sings at this time of night that has like young children in it? Well, we both were yelling so much at the movie within the first two minutes of it, I would say, during the good two minutes, yeah. that we had to turn on the closed captioning so that we could yes. actually tell what was going on in the movie, just because we were just... Shouting so loudly. We couldn't, we couldn't hear the actual dialogue, so... <laughs> so, boy's like, okay, no, I'm not going to go sing with the choir with you, and so she kind of kisses him and is like, mm, it tastes like blood. <laughs> Do you lose a baby tooth? He's like, yep, my last one. And so she's like, don't peek at the tooth fairy, and then she kind of like laughs and scurries back out the window to meet up with her cool midnight choir. Sure enough, later that night, there's shadows lurking and moving around his room. Uh, So he grabs a flashlight for some reason and turns it on and, like, shines it at his face. So he's just kind of laying there freaked out. And then next thing you see, his mom's, like, coming down the hall, calling out his name. And she finds him cowered in the bathroom with the lights on, sitting in the bathtub. And she's like, what's going on? And so he's like, oh, lady, she's coming for me. 
don't go, Mom. But Mom's like, oh, I'll go check it out. But don't worry, it's only the two of us here. And so she goes off to the kid's bedroom where Matilda gets her. She's killed. Then the cops take the boy away. And there's this whole stupid dialogue. Oh, well, this boy is messed up. I knew he had problems, but whoo, boy. And they take him away to send him to some... Well, he doesn't even have any next of kin. So this is just the boy who has, like, only a mother and no other family. So they're like, okay, well, off he goes to... Here's this lady. You go along with her now. Yeah, here's a lady. Goodbye. And, like, that's it. Yeah, so that kind of lays the foundation for the movie. So you know that this kid has seen Matilda, the tooth fairy, and she didn't get him, so she's gunning for him. And then as he's being taken away, wherever, with this lady, it kind of shows the girl that it had gone into his room, Katie. Caitlin. Caitlin. Uh, and then it moves ahead in time, 12 years. She's in the hospital with her little brother. By the way, I have to mention, like, we were both, like, 12 years? Because she looked way older than Yeah, uh, Yeah, everybody, like, it's supposed to be 12 years, but it, it's been a hard 12 years for everybody in the movie, apparently. Yeah. So it, it cuts, it flashes forward 12 years to the hospital. She's there with her little brother, Michael who has been traumatized, uh, he's afraid of the dark, and so they talk about this, how he, he doesn't want to have the blinds closed, he has to have light at all times. Then the doctors come in and talk about how they think it's night terrors that's causing this, and she has this flash of insight that's like, wait a minute, night terrors, that's what they diagnosed Kyle with when they said that he was crazy and killed his mom, so I'll call him up out of the blue, and... She calls him up and she's like, hey, remember we were going to go to that dance and we never we never did go to that dance. Like, did they not talk in the 12 years that... Apparently uh, not, because she said, oh, you're really hard to track down. Meanwhile, she's calling him from the hospital immediately after leaving the room with her brother. Eventually in the movie, we just had to, like, stop angrily yelling at the TV every time we saw something that didn't make any sense because it just was, like... Everything's illogical. Yeah, there's there's no, like, nothing nothing makes to sense. To the point where, like, if there's anything remotely logical that happened in the movie, we're, we're like, wait a minute, that Even, doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So. Oh, like, my God. They, they show him, they're playing this edgy music, and... One thing, like, I don't know if any other movies do this when you turn the closed captioning on, but there'd be a song playing and they would say, we hear the music playing blah, blah, blah by the band Closure. And I'm like, why is the closed captioning telling us who this is? Like, they could just say music playing and get the same thing across. Or like edgy music or, you know, like some sort of descriptor because if someone's watching it with closed caption, maybe they don't. Yeah. They don't have any hearing. Yeah, exactly. And then just like... Who the so, fuck knows who Closure is? Yeah. I've never heard of them before Oh, okay. Or that tells me so much. Closure. Yeah, right. some... Perfect. And so it's just like... That's like a weird tangential nitpick, but it just stood out to me as being really bizarre. They show him and he's in his workshop, I guess, and they show him like an edgy shot, like quick cuts of him, like showing all his medications, all of his antipsychotic medications that he has to take now. And it's like, oh, this guy's messed up. To be fair, like, he did see his mother get murdered by the tooth fairy, but... And nobody believes him. And nobody believes him. So... But, yeah, so Caitlin calls him, and for some reason he agrees to go out there and see Michael. For what purpose? I don't know, because it's not like he is going to be able to do anything. She just called somebody that she knew that had night terrors, and 
Like you're or that a, she'd heard a rumor about having night terrors. Yeah, it's like you're in a hospital. There are medically trained professionals all around you. I'm pretty sure that one of them can probably tell you more about night terrors than some guy that you cannot get over from 12 Although, years Although, honestly, past. as we found out later on in the movie, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she, maybe she did have a better idea of how incompetent they all were. About yeah. Kyle and Caitlin meet up and... Her boyfriend shows up at the hospital, too, and he's just the most generic. Insufferable. You see him and you instantly know, like, oh, he's going to be out of the picture pretty soon. One way or another, he's not going to be around to date Caitlyn for much longer. Yeah, just one of those stupid cliche yeah, plot devices. Just kind of nerdy, stick-in-the-mud looking, but then he's also pressuring Kyle to go get a drink with him, even though Kyle is like, no, I don't drink, and... So they go to this bar, and he's like, well, here, I got you a, a light beer. That'll be better. Like, this is, And this is after Kyle tells him like he's taking antipsychotic medication, Whoa. which is why he doesn't drink. And before this, they actually go, he, he goes and meets Michael. And then there's the whole, like, conversation about how, like, shit happened to him. And he's like, nope, nothing happened. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Like, so he, all that denial. He's in, yeah, he's in denial, but at the same time, he's still, like making sure that he's in light all the time. And yeah. so it's like, what is going on with this character? There's no, who knows? Like, it's, Who knows? Who, it, what's his motivation? Why would he even go there just to be yeah. like, oh, hey, I shouldn't have come here, goodbye. Like, yeah, basically it's, is it's, essentially what he was trying to do. Yeah, nobody in this movie acts with any kind of sense of... Like, actual human drive yeah, or... Right. or it seems like it would make more sense if someone was the kind of person who does things spontaneously in the spur of the moment and just like kind of does crazy shit. That's one thing, but there was none of that even to explain any of these people's behaviors no. or drives or anything. Yeah, just people doing whatever the plot needed them to do at that very moment, even if it was something totally dumb. So they go to this bar and the boyfriend is talking to some of the other local townsfolk and one of the guys that apparently went to school with all of them is like, oh, hey, that's Kyle. Well, what's he doing here? And the this guy, his name is Roy, he goes over and he talks to Kyle and basically, like, starts antagonizing him immediately, like, oh, you killed your mom. And Kyle gets angry and, and leaves the bar and Roy follows him and then they start fighting out in the woods, which are, like, the bar apparently is right on a hill immediately like outside the door just like there's just a hill downward into woods yeah so they like which is normal like they roll down the hill fighting each other and then eventually kyle gets out from underneath him and he runs off because he is afraid of being in the dark so he's like i gotta get out of here so he, he takes off and then seconds later the two three swoops down and kills roy so kyle runs off and he runs back to Caitlin's place, and they're just kind of talking when police show up and like, you're under arrest. You killed Roy. So Kyle's taken into the police station and thrown into his cell. And he's like, oh, just keep a light on me. I swear it's the tooth fairy. Call my lawyer. So the thing I don't know that we mentioned before about Caitlin's boyfriend, because he's a lawyer and he's like really smug about it. And he went to school with Kyle and Caitlin. So they're all like the same age, which also seemed weird to us. But we're like, okay, whatever. They don't look the same age. They definitely don't look the same age at all. Like lawyer boyfriend looked at least 10 years older than the other two. Yeah. And the other two looked like they were like 30 so, At least, yeah. yeah. So, lawyer boyfriend, 
I don't know. I don't remember his name. Who cares? Yeah. For some reason, he decides to go and get Kyle out of jail. So they leave. And they're like, oh, I got to go to the hardware store. Kyle stocks up on basically every flashlight that they have in, like, the town's little hardware store. And then he kind of eyes a gun under the counter. Kyle then asks lawyer boyfriend to take him to the hospital to go see uh, Caitlin and Michael. Because he needs to go there and help. He just has this, I don't know, idea that he has to go do something. Something bad's going to happen. He's got to get to the hospital. And they have to do it really quickly because it's going to get dark. So the boyfriend's driving him off. And after a few minutes, like, wait a minute, we're going the wrong way. You're not taking me to the hospital. And the boyfriend's like, that's right. Taking you out of here. You know, Caitlin never got over you. She, no guy could compare to you. Blah, blah, blah. You were all she could think about for the last 12 years since you've been gone. Yeah. And she's like, really? This guy? For real? So, I don't remember. if Was it at this point when it was revealed that they were 10? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. But in any case, it comes up somehow between like between now and the end of the movie that earlier when Kyle's mom died and that whole thing went down, they were all 10 years old. So we're supposed to believe that now all these people are 22 years old. Yeah. And keep in mind, this boyfriend who was 10 years old at the time as well, all went to school together. 12 years later, when he's at the age of 22, he's a lawyer. Let that sink in. Yeah. He's a lawyer at 22. That doesn't... There's no way. Doogie Hauser. I was just going to make a Doogie Hauser reference. Like, he, like he's no Doogie, Doogie Hauser motherfucker. Um, so, Kyle realizes lawyer boyfriend's not taking him to the hospital. So, he pulls out this little handgun that he'd swiped from the hardware store. And is like, I'm sorry, but yes, you are. And the car goes off the road. They hit a tree. And then Tooth Fairy shows up. And... Gets lawyer boyfriend. So in the meantime, uh, there's a scene back at the hospital where Caitlin's talking with the doctors and the most horrible doctor is saying like, well, we've really got kind of two options. He, he suffers from blah, 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 some Latin phrase, otherwise known as night terrors. <laughs> like, like, no doctor does that. Like, Or, or maybe just really shitty doctors who want to seem superior to yeah. everybody. It's like, great bedside manner. So he's like, good news, we can cure him. All we need to do is put him into a, a sensory deprivation tank. So Caitlin's listening, it's like, okay. The thing is, Michael doesn't like to be in the dark, so are there any other treatment options? And he's like, put him on a bunch of pills. Maybe something will get better, but probably not. And so she's like, okay, well, I guess we'll go the sensory deprivation tank, which seems like the stupidest idea has there been anything talking about sensory deprivation tanks curing no, night terrors? No, it's just what? like, we're going to put him in a dark space and that's going to force him to get over his fear of the dark. Like, that's the whole That's the whole thought process with that. Yep, it's that's like, the whole treatment plan. Well, what do you expect from Darkness Falls Hospital? Yeah. The town is, I don't <laughs> the think town, we, we oh, haven't yeah. mentioned this yet, but the town is called Darkness Falls. And it's like, really, that town is just asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. They're going to get all sorts of monsters and mummies and... All of the Frankenstein Jersey Devils up in there. <laughs> I'll get Belton Wilcox in there and figure that place out. So they're going ahead with this plan and put him in the, the sensory dip tank, as lawyer boyfriend had referred to it earlier before he he died. Yeah, so we're we're a little out of order. Everything is more or less in chronological order here, yeah. but some it, of the things are kind of happening simultaneously. Yeah, so, so 
hard to convey that when you're just talking about the plot. It's fine. Like, even the author of the Wikipedia article didn't really bother. No, it just, like, sketched out the plot, which I don't blame them. (laughs) It's already fading from our memories. Oh, God. An hour? Yeah. So, Michael's being wheeled into basically an MRI machine, which, last time I checked, is not a sensory deprivation tank. But I guess that scans in for it in Darkness Falls Hospital. It's so they can do that dramatic shot of Michael being wheeled in, wheeled into the MRI machine yeah. and just like slowly, gradually being covered up by shadows and so dumb. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. So Kyle shows up in the nick of time and is like, pull him out of there. Tooth fairy gonna get him. I wish he talked like that. So <laughs> I would like this movie so much better if that's what sounded like. So everybody's like, oh, what? Okay. And then at this time, the cops show up again and they find Kyle and they pull him back into the station. So there's like a stupid lightning storm and all the town loses its electricity. So of course, Kyle's freaking out and he's in the cell and he's like, everybody, blah, blah, blah. You gotta stay in the light, gotta stay in the light. And he's like constantly shouting that while Matilda the Tooth Fairy shows up and starts attacking all the police. So there's this really stupid, annoying scene where Kyle's just constantly yelling things at people and nobody's listening to him. Describing what she's doing so the audience knows, she's like, she's making you shoot at the lights to make it dark. Please tell us again what we just saw. The cops who are left alive help him get out and back to the hospital. And of course, like, because of the storm, everything is without power. They get the emergency generators back up and running. And Kyle is asking one of the doctors, they're like, how long is this generator going to last? And the doctor's like, I don't know. Like, that's not what doctors are supposed to know. They know about how to fix your night terrors by putting you into a sleep depth tank, not about the longevity of backup generators. So they decide that they need to get out of the hospital. And so it's Kyle and Caitlin and Michael and then a couple of nurses and a doctor and they're making their way through the darkened hospital, and they get to the point where a couple of the nurses get dragged off by Matilda. Then they are going down these flights of stairs, and they realize that because of the way that the lights are covering certain portions of the stairwell, they have to jump across the darkness to get down to the sections of light. And, like, that would be, like, a neat thing for a video game, but for, like, a movie, there's no... I mean, there's never really any tension in any no. of this. Like, I there are no scares. No, like I'm super susceptible to jump scares, and there are a lot of attempts at jump scares in this movie, and none of them worked at all on me. It just is like, okay, there she is. She she killed a person. That's scary. I guess that's what you were hoping yeah. I would say. They get cornered, and like the the lights are all turning off, and it seems like they're all gonna get killed by Matilda. And then one of the few remaining police officers bursts in through the doors of the hospital yeah. and his headlights in his truck scare off Matilda and they decide like, oh, let's let's get out of here. We need to get in the, the truck and get over to the lighthouse. So they drive off into the, the misty darkness and it's like, well, wait a minute, you guys just made a big deal out of how it's not safe to be in the dark. The interior of the car is pretty dark. Then the one doctor that made it through with him was like, well, she's not going to get us, you know, why don't we just stay in the car? And then immediately, just of course, yeah, immediately she comes in and yanks him out of the car. Everything in this movie is so predictable. 
they eventually make it to the lighthouse and uh, just oh, this, we're just losing steam yeah I, it's stuff happens and it's just like who really cares we like certainly didn't struggling to get the lights turned on and then the power goes out and they have to go back down into the there's like a gas leak and so they're trying to get that sorted out and they've got these stupid lanterns that are gonna die also be careful not to drop it because it could set the gasoline on fire and so they're going back down into like the bowels of the lighthouse to try to fix the power and no just to stop the leak Matilda attacks them and kills the policeman and they're trying to reach the portion of the lighthouse where they can fix the gas leak and get the power turned back on. Then Matilda shows up and is fighting him and Michael has to like kind of try to reach through the these bars so that he can flip the switch or whatever it is. I couldn't even really tell what it was that he actually needed to do because it was just so... It was just badly done. And also I think I checked out mentally. Yeah. But... What I got out of it is they had to tie a rag on the leak and then flip a switch. Like, that was it. But they certainly didn't make it clear. So there's all this struggle, and then, like, yay, they get the light on. Michael reached the switch. When the lighthouse lit up, the exposure it seemed startled like it... her and, like, seemed like it was it damaged her, and she almost kind of disappeared. Her mask fell off, and then she came back. They break one of the lanterns, and so there's, like, fire. Fire happening, the... too. And... and so Kyle is, like struggling with her and then and then he's like oh wait here's her face and he dips his hand into the fire on purpose and punches her with it in the face before he does this he says i see you bitch and it's like you know did you ever see the movie uh bowfinger with mm. steve martin he's i don't a... think so okay so he's like trying to get this movie made like a low budget alien invasion movie but then his big scene that he wants to have is at the very end of the movie where the protagonist looks up at this guy and it's like gotcha suckers it just seemed like that's what they were going for like they had this line figured <laughs> yeah. out for this movie as well like i see you bitch yeah just like <laughs> oh the, it's such a good line oh it's, man oh it's my god one of the top lines in cinema history i think yeah and everybody should sure. read that's an ice cold burn <laughs> with a dry cool wit like that i could be an action hero <laughs> yeah like tara was saying he lights his arm on fire and hits her with it and then she dies and and they're all just kind of like hugging each other in the lighthouse. The nice sappy music starts. And then the final scene of the movie is some random boy who's getting tucked in. He's like, oh, I just lost my last baby tool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's put under the pillow. And, and he's kind of like, so his dad tucks him in, he goes away. And he's laying there. And then he starts getting scared like, I don't want to see. What are you doing here? And it's like, his, his mo- it's his mom. And she's like, it's okay, go back to sleep. And she sneaks out his tooth and puts a gold coin in. And that's it. End of movie. Prepare for some other shitty new metal <laughs> yeah, and, song. Which uh, sounded a lot better, because it was at that point that I yeah. realized that we could have been watching it at one and a half speed the yep. entire time. And... <sighs> so... Yeah, that's that's Darkness Falls. And uh, by the way, I'd like to mention that the movie tagline is "Evil Rises." Get it? Darkness Falls. Evil oh, rises. God, just yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, like, the movie didn't do that poorly. 
No, it didn't. It made a decent amount of money. It was considered a box office success because it made four times its budget. I don't know who was seeing this movie because I don't remember ever hearing about it at the time. I feel like I heard about it. I feel like I actually maybe even started to watch it on Netflix. Even when I started to watch it back then, I like watched the two good minutes of it, according to the Scarecrow video movie guide, and then just like, this is fucking terrible, and turned it off. So we couldn't find out really any other interesting information about it yeah who wants to talk about this movie N- nobody nobody really um what i was able to find is that there was a short film made in sweden called darkness falls where it was about a 90 minute long feature film and they shortened it down to a 15 minute short film and it seems to be pretty decently regarded I'm like oh i certainly wish we'd watch that darkness falls yeah and you just look at the poster of it and it's got all these awards little emblems and they're like oh that must have been nice to watch that movie i wonder what that would have been like but mm. uh it, it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that it was a longer movie that got shortened down yeah. into like a 15-ish minute movie because the one that we watched started off as a short horror movie that got expanded into this 90 minute or whatever movie and it got me thinking like no horror movie has made that transition successfully no like, oculus came the closest but it's still like it's fine like but it's not like a like awesome horror movie or anything it's it's totally it's serviceable but like mama was sort of that was a lot down yeah that started off as a short horror movie there's one other one that i was thinking of lights out lights out oh god fucking terrible don't watch lights out yeah so unsurprisingly there's also a a short movie that turned into a shitty shitty full-length film yeah not not great. No. And That's that, generally a bad idea, it seems like. If you've got a, an idea that makes a perfectly good short film, maybe don't try to pad it out to a feature length. It's a good way of recognizing that somebody has talent, I guess, but Other it's a short that, film for a reason, I think. Right. If, I think so, too. Because really, what else are you doing with the other 80 minutes that you're adding you already told your story yeah. successfully. Let's, let's put 80 minutes of filler into this movie. Yeah, a lot of wistful looking and cars driving slowly. Are we talking about Birdemic now? Soul panel. Oh, soul The way that he walks, he doesn't know how to walk at all. It's just <laughs> such a... Anyway. So the only other thing that I found out was like the Scarecrow movie guide references how there's a pull quote from a review on it that says mm-hmm. this movie runs rings around the ring. It's like, no, it don't. What are you talking about? And so I'm like, we have to find out who this was that said that like in a recordable format. So like I didn't really pay attention when I was getting it at Scarecrow, but I looked up an image of the cover and uh, it attributes that quote to Scott Harito of Tech TV and I'm like okay well let me see what else I can find out about this Scott Harito and uh, from what I can tell it seems like Scott Harito maybe doesn't exist but there is a Scott Harriet like there's not a lot of positive quotes that you guys have for your movie you couldn't double check to make sure that you got the guy's name right before you put it on the DVD cover. So I was searching for Scott Harito and then it's like, do you mean Scott Harriet? And I'm like, 
no, I don't mean Scott Harriet. I know what they're looking for, but then it turns out that I did probably mean Scott Harriet and the people that made every single thing having to do with this movie are just totally incompetent, apparently. So, Darkness Falls. Yay. The end. It fell short. Even of our lowered expectations that we had, it still was just agonizing. Mm-hmm. So, shall we have a seamless transition? talk about something that we've watched on purpose yeah the god I just feel like such a douchebag saying it this way the oeuvre of <laughs> uh alan resnick his uh comedy troupe arts collective is out of baltimore and uh they've made quite a few different things now there's been at least three i think that have been on adult swim as part of their weird let's just show you something for 12 minutes that's not a series it's just a weird short that we had these people made he didn't make too many cooks but it's in that same kind of line of, of things that they do but what they did make is with, uh with a guy named ben o'brien i think the first one they did was live forever as you are now with alan resnick which is kind mm-hmm. of shot like this infomercial initial release was on christmas eve 2013 oh perfect which is beautiful yeah uh it's give yourself the gift of eternal life yeah <laughs> uh, that's basically what he's he's trying to do he's uh <laughs> showing you his uh, patented system of giving yourself eternal life through uh, basically creating a digital avatar of yourself and just the entire elaborate process that he's created for this, which it's totally ridiculous. And like, yes, we have ball test. Yeah. Like showing, stretching the skin of this avatar. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It needs, it, you know, it needs to be resilient. Yeah. Obviously, because there's so many balls being thrown at your avatar. We have wiggle tests. Whoever said I didn't is a liar. <laughs> but uh, these are the kind of things that you really you kind of have to watch. I don't, we don't want to give away too no. much of it. But it's pretty funny. It did provide us with a quote that I think of at least three or four times a week now, which is, we live in a spooky style world. <laughs> uh, I think the most terrifying thing that he and his partner have done uh, is this short called unedited footage of a bear and oh if you haven't God. seen it yeah i can't we can't say anything can't. else about it you just go if you want to see something really disturbing google it right now it's on youtube you can look it up i will say i just googled unedited footage of a bear and one of the first things that come up is from polygon and it says this 10 minute infomercial is why i don't stay up late anymore <laughs> it's pretty good if you've got a dark sense of humor like we do I'll definitely kind of laugh at it in parts, but then there's some really... Really unsettling kind of, things in yeah. there. Like, uh... And it's not necessarily even things you've got a good way of describing in words. It's just, like, this weird, eerie... Surreal? Yeah, pretty surreal. But, uh... It becomes increasingly upsetting. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way... <laughs> Maybe uh, it's not for everybody, but... Yeah, I think uh, we kind of traumatized our cousin... Roberta by showing yeah, it to her. Yeah, I think we did. Um, sorry, Roberta. So, sorry, Roberta. So he's done several things like that, and you can find them pretty easily. But I think one of my favorite things, just because it's really fucking weird, is the tutorial channel that he made. Oh, yeah. Alan, Alan tutorial. tutorial. It's basically just him showing you how to do menial tasks. Like, it's him talking in this high-pitched voice, and he's always like, Hi there, tutorial heads! There's a story arc that kind of happens across the... I think like 30 or 40 different tutorial videos. The series starts out pretty normally and then by the end it is definitely not very normal and just the process of that uh, transition is it's really pretty great. His Twitter account is just like 
so wonderful. Yeah. He's a treasure. He's one of our under, yeah. underappreciated national treasures. For sure. So, yeah, if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, keep on top of new episode releases, you can take a look at our Facebook group, Terror and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, or you can look at our website, which is just terraandandrewversus.com. If you wanted to get in touch with us, you can also send an email to us at terraandandrewversus at gmail.com. I'd like to say thank you to the wonderful band Boat for allowing us to use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. I guess this wraps it up for episode 14. Catch you later, potato hags. Catch you later, potato hags.